Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello, hello. Obviously, this is not Kaylin Patterson, but I tried. Um, But before we get too far, KP, are you there? Are you there? Are you not there? All right. Well, I'm not sure what is going on with that, but we are going to work on bringing him in. But until then. Oh, there he is. There he is. (laughs) There you are. So and there you have it. I tried to come on with my uh, Australian accent. I'm I'm still working on that though. So why don't you go ahead and uh, take us home the rest of the way <laughs> on our opening spiel? Okay. Uh, can I do the intro? <laughs> you, yeah. I'm hoping you're going to do the intro. Okay. <laughs> I can say the whole part, or we just we already passed that. The, the whole part. The whole part. The whole part. Oh. So do you want French? Vanilla, you want Australian kiwi? Uh, what are you What are you recommending? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We haven't had anything from um, uh, of the Asian flavor. Do you have an accent there? Oh, I know that. That oh, I, I wouldn't even step on that. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I tried, guys. We'll have to work on that one. But uh, you go yeah. ahead and pick, unless you've got some feedback from the crew on what flavor they're interested in tonight. They like French vanilla. Okay. Well, then let's go. Give us your French vanilla. And this program is sponsored. By the very, very fabulous Pierre Marcel. This Marcel sounds so elegant. Well, anyway, the Neverland Drug Free Sponsorship Foundation in the whole entire Telemundo. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you are possibly a drug free athlete, and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on. And perhaps a vehicle to drive your goals, like whatever way. <laughs> like the Mack truck through the ice cream? Or oh, cream? It's more of a cream than a cream. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly a crepe. You never know. <laughs> a crepe. <laughs> Suzette, even. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, oui. Why, yes, of course. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's let's shall we talk? <laughs> shall, shall we Shall we get serious about the realness of the talking? All right. We've carried on long enough. How is everyone? Happy? Happy Tuesday. Glad you could join us and all of our silly shenanigans that we have. Hey, before we get too far, we have a birthday shout-out to give today. Joseph Bolton, co-founder of P4P Muscle, it's his birthday. And on his birthday, he's working hard in Wisconsin at the Whole Chunk Casino, getting ready for P4P Undefeated. 
on August 11th, the man's birthday, and he's working on his competition. Amazing. Oh, Amazing. That's right. Ho chunk. Say that in French, Kalen. Ho chunk. Oh, you want to say it in French? Yeah. 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 That's it. That chunk of that. Oh, no. That sounds terrible. So happy, happy birthday, JB. <laughs> happy birthday, JB. JB. Happy birthday, JB. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, my man. And then happy also, birthday. I don't know if you have seen it. How long has it been, Kaylin? It's been a year. It has been maybe a year and a half, two years now since um, – one of our own here, Jack Halverson, who is also, he's a natural uh, bodybuilding pro but uh, or competitor, but he's also the promoter for the uh, NGA USA Championships. He was mm-hmm. also the focus of a um, documentary on bodybuilding. Yes. Um, and it's called The Radical Body Transformation, and that is now out. That is yes, now is. out and uh, Radical Body Transformation, episode 25, called Dream, Believe, and Achieve. Uh, In the latest Radical Body Transformation episode, we have two super inspiring stories of natural bodybuilders, Christopher Wirth and Jack Halverson, as they demonstrate why there are no excuses. So if you haven't seen this, uh, the documentary was filmed in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, during Minnesota Mayhem, um, we'll yes. post the link on Midwest Muscle for you to check it out. Um, and Kaylin was even instrumental in helping this documentary kind of get off the ground. In fact, Kaylin is the host. So <laughs> it's definitely something worth watching. You guys are going to want to check it out, and we will get it posted on uh, P4P Muscle here in the very near future. But, Kaylin, tell us a little bit about this. Okay. And, and yeah, Desiree, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we've been getting – messages about that, why we hadn't uh, spoken out about it before. Uh, Like Desiree says, we weren't the originators of it. We were just partakers of it. So we lend ourselves out for that platform because it was dealing with natural athletes, and we definitely wanted to represent them in the way that they're used to being represented. So the creator of this uh, documentary had reached out and asked if we could lend our, ourselves to help in that. And since Desiree was actually in the show, she was uh, basically having to deal with other things. And since I was not, I was asked to help with that platform. And it was a lot of fun, especially, you know, dealing with the athletes that, that we knew and making sure that they were addressed in the way that would basically put them in the light that they were asked to be. Because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of work in what they did. And just like we talk about how you want to give your best, and posing and tan and everything else, there's a lot of aspects into the natural industry that, you know, we can help with in our own way. And this is one of those uh, platforms where we could basically do that. So it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, the drive was well worth it. Uh, (laughs) People have been asking me about why my face looks so dark. (laughs) I had planned to, uh, to help out in that show in other ways, and I was unable to do so, but I was able to still do my part with uh, the video, so I didn't have a chance to get out of my uh, 
what everyone has termed blackface, <laughs> and I I find that incredibly oh my. funny. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what we look like uh, without being on stage, but still having a tan. So that's why I look that way, and it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad that that it's finally out. But you know, for the people that have seen that on the other uh, pages, who were wondering why Desiree and I hadn't put that out sooner. It's, it wasn't in our hands to do so. It's just like we do for the Chi-Town Showdown or any other show that has their own production crew. Well, and you will see this more in the future where you see Desiree and I lending ourselves in front of the camera, but we're not part of the production. So we will still be Kaylin and Desiree, and then Desiree and Kaylin of P4P Real Talk, but we will be lending ourselves to other production companies that are basically in charge of that but don't have a face for the industry itself. So don't be surprised with this in the future. Um, this is not a one-time event. This is things that well, we are basically promoting and helping out in the future. So you will see us. Um, I, I think the people that have been watching the Chi-Town Showdown are familiar with that, where Nutrition Direct is in charge of it. But we lend our faces and voices for that uh, that avenue as well. So, yeah, it was a surprise in, in the time it took to come out. But, hey, it's out, and uh, these gentlemen are being addressed fully, and we were happy to definitely lend ourselves to that. Yes? Yeah, no doubt. I've got nothing to add to that, my dude. So good job. Um, it'll be up on Midwest Muscle here in the next uh, seconds, I will say, less than 60 seconds. So uh, while I'm wrapping that up, Kaylin, why don't you go ahead and set the stage for our show tonight? Okay, um, tonight we are going to be talking about a very seri- serious subject, uh, one that has been on a lot of parents' minds. Um, when I say parents, I'm talking about competitive parents that are competing, and one of the things uh, that has been basically being passed around uh, to us is, you know, about the school shootings, and it's it's a very tough subject. Um, there's a lot of political ramifications that are coming from it, Des and I did not want to delve into that part of it, but we did want to speak to the parents and the competitive people that have to deal with such issues because, let's be honest, it's not something that's going away anytime soon, but it's also something that we do need to address because I think one of, well, um, Shelley actually put it in a way that really hit home. If mental health is part of being truly healthy, then shouldn't we be basically speaking about this in a way that's successful in the way not of competing and winning first place, but in keeping parents and basically friends of families' minds at ease to where life can still be, I don't want to say go on, because who wants to deal with the, the death of a family member and basically be told to you know still find a way to compete? Like we say, life happens. But it's also something that we have to basically deal with in a in a proactive way instead of a reactive way, because you know if if our children aren't feeling safe, then how can they truly be educated, and how can they you know find ways to become adults without basically living in fear? So this is the aspect we're going to deal with. We're not going to come from the political realm or we're talking about Democrats, Republicans, any of that. So if you have that in mind, I would strongly suggest you come up with another question because we're only dealing with it from the competitive parent side.
outside and basically the young adult that's uh, basically wanting to be protective of their parents and uh, dealing with the fears of the parents when I'm talking about college and high school because we still have competitors of that age as well. So, uh, Des, hopefully I've covered the, the premise and we can keep it safe. If there's anything you want to add, being a mother of three, we'll, we'll deal with that and then we'll basically start the show. Um, you know, I I think you set it up very nicely, and uh, we are open to your questions um, to go ahead and submit, and we will answer them to the best of our ability. A lot of it may be opinion because we are not experts. We're not psychologists um, or psychiatrists, I should say. But, uh, you know, we definitely have uh either children of our own or nieces and nephews or family members with children or we're friends and mentors to young adults and adolescents, and this is a very real thing. And it's not something that you can really just sweep under the carpet um, and ignore. It may not be happening in your neighborhood, but it's happening to children, to families, to young adults that are children, families, and young adults that are in our lives can relate to, and they are paying attention. I know, um, you know, there are several folks out there who um, were kind of upset with, you know, young adults walking out of school in protest of um, or lobbying for guns rights. And, um, and again, we're not going down that route, but my whole point in bringing that up is validation that our young people are paying attention and they are trying to mobilize and um, come together to show how in tune they are with what's going on around the world. Yes, Kaylin? Yes. uh, Did you say yes or did you say Des? (laughs) I wasn't sure. No, no, no. Yes. I said yes. Okay, very good. So, okay, awesome, awesome. Um, all right, so first question that's coming in. Whoa, what took you guys so long in dealing with this topic? I think you two are the perfect duo to do so. Um, well, you know, Bill, I guess good question. We, I mean, we typically try to target topics that um, are of interest to our listeners, like you guys. Um, and I, you know, and it's just recently that the request came in. And so thus yes. the question came in, the concerns about how as, you know, athletes um, and just family members in general, but from the athlete perspective, you know, there's so much time that is dedicated to prepping for this sport. How do we make sure we don't lose sight of our children and all of the things out there that are facing them in the mix of, you know, of what's going on? And then also how can we – reassure ourselves and our kids with all the other things that we have to focus on in our lives as well. And so those questions have uh, just started to come in and thus, and thus we're addressing them or we want it, we're going to talk about it tonight. So, you know, not everything that is going on in the world worldview will we probably bring up on the show, but if you guys want to hear about it, then we're more prone to speak about it. So definitely keep communicating and let us know. Kaylin. Yeah, this is, like like I said, this is something that's basically, and I, I even put it in the in the topic of of the particular show, the elephant in the room. It's something we yep. simply cannot avoid to be adults. And if you know, if we're telling children that 
you know, you have to stand on certain things. You have to represent yourself in a certain way, and you have to face your fears. And we don't want to address the tough subject. Then aren't we really going against the very thing that we're speaking about and being more hypocritical than actual adults? And and this is a tough one to 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 cover up with. And I like the fact that you guys are ready to hear about it. But I also like the fact that, you know, we have the freedom to address it because, you know, most most platforms out there would not want to deal with this because they would honestly be saying, well, what does this have to do with bodybuilding? And I say it has everything to do with natural bodybuilding because we are the parents, we are the friends, we are the support group that find positive measures to deal with tough situations. And it's not easy competing. It's not easy being a parent. It's not easy being a parent that competes. So these things all tie in whether we want to see it that way or not. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, the fact that you guys have been wanting us to talk about it. I just uh, wish we had thought about an actual way to to present it in a way that it covers things without having to get Because I am getting the political questions, and we're not going to get I'm not kidding. We're not going down that road. We're dealing with parents and the fears they have for their children, and we're going to deal with young adults dealing with the fears their parents have about them going off to school. That's the only way that, that, to me, that's the healthy way to go about it because anything else is going to go negative and it's going to be destructive. And if, if that's what we're doing, then we, we're, we're attracting the wrong listeners, and I'm sorry, but that's just the way it's going to be. And I also want to make sure that parents are having their, their questions answered and the children or young adults are dealing with those questions that they need answered as well. Yes? Yep, exactly. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next question because they are rolling in. Um, Sheila is asking, as parents, how do you even open up the topic to your children? And that, you know, that's a very good question if you're struggling with ways to do that, I can only give you my opinion as a parent and what seems to um, work for me in dealing with my kids is that most of the time when issues like this pop up that are headliners, that are frequently in the radio, on the news, in social media, if you happen to be in your vehicle in front of a computer in front of a television set, when something like that pops up, that is a good time to, I've found, you know, turn the volume down and ask your kids, boy, you know, what do you think about that? Or, you know, that is a really crazy thing or that seems kind of scary. How do you feel about what's going on? And initiate a conversation. And, of course, how you how you key up that conversation is also going to depend on your kids' age, their emotional needs, yeah. how much information they do or don't tend to want for their space in life that they're in right now. But if you don't ask, odds are you're never really going to find out. And they may be prepared at that time to talk with you about it. They might not be. And if they're not, then, you know, you can just leave the door open and say, well, you know, if you want to talk about this more, you know, mom's always here or, or dad's always willing to listen because, you know, I'm, I'm interested in what you think about it and and go from there. Um, but I've also found one of the keys, too, at least with my kids, is that I really don't sugarcoat anything. I mean, if they bring up something um, 
that's that's relevant, that's current events, and they want to talk about it, it's on their mind. Um, you know, I, I always try to be honest. And, again, how how honest you are is going to depend on your child's needs and their ability to um, handle or decipher or interpret that level of information that you're sharing with them. But, you know, definitely do be honest. But the other part of that, too, is really listening to what they have to say because they may have an opinion on it that's different than yours, especially as teenagers and uh, preteens, because like I said, they are in tune, and they have very definite feelings about guns, who should have access to them, if anyone should have access to them, security, teachers having uh, weapons. If you actually take the time to strike up a conversation and listen to what they have to say, you might be surprised on how educated they actually are on the topic. Kalen? Yes. That's just what I was going to say. Um, one of the things that we, we tend to forget is that as children, we had minds of our own. And we had certain concepts and certain ideologies that were already in place just for how we were dealing with life as children. We didn't have the full understanding of what was going on, but we did have our own understanding of how it was going to go about. And one of the things that I remember as a kid, you know, um, the first time I saw somebody beaten to death, and it just blew me away because he wasn't moving anymore. And I was used to people that you could see and see walking around, and it was so crazy to see somebody that wasn't going to be moving anymore. So, I, you know, they weren't in a casket. You weren't addressed with the mental understanding that, you know, this was a dead person. You had seen someone just living. And now they're no longer alive. So, you know, it was an awake it was an awakening in my part of my life and it was shocking. But my you know, my life changed. It, you you don't get that moment back. That innocence is now gone, it's moved, and you realize that life has death in it. So, you know, that, that comes as a shock to a, a young mind, but it doesn't change the fact that it happened. And, you know, now I've got to basically adapt to that understanding and that's where children are now they're they're being educated in things that shouldn't really be a part of a child's life but there it is and we can't sit there and keep not wanting to address the really tough things that are happening in life and basically moving closer and closer to home to our neighborhood and now to our school these children are witnessing these things firsthand and they speak and in the social media world they can reach out a lot further than just the end of town. They're reaching across the country and sometimes across the world. And people are asking questions that, you know, they they really don't have the answer for, so they're going to reach out to you, and hopefully you've done your due diligence. And I'm using the dad's word. Yeah, that's her thing, their due diligence. So we're going to reach out and do <laughs> our due diligence and make sure that we can answer, have an answer because just like they're doing research, we should be doing research that's factual because there's a lot of misleading information that's being placed out basically to have an agenda or to have an ideology that goes along with a wrong way of thinking. So unless we can correct those minds, just like you're dealing with both science and the gym, we have to deal with the misinformation that's being handed to our children. Because if they're giving giving out information, you want them to give out actual information, factual information that's not diluted or basically misconstrued to give a false narrative that is not awakening mind, but just driving that fear even deeper. 
because we simply cannot live in fear and expect to be living healthy lives. Yes? No, and, and I would say, too, I mean, and if your child is young enough to the age that they are just not tuned in, they're not really paying attention to the news, they're not on social media, they're not, you know, a part of adult conversations, and this is just not on their radar, then right. I wouldn't worry about bringing it up to them. It's it's not appropriate. And as Kaylin said, we are not designed to live in fear. Why create any more fear in their world than what you need to? You focus on exactly. the things that are relevant to them, um, stranger danger, look both ways before you cross the street, those kind of things that they can handle, they can understand, that they can have some control over in their lives and not introduce something of this magnitude that they really can have no, I mean, none of us have control over this to a certain extent. We don't. Um, so, you know, there are just some kids that, that don't need to be talked to about school shooting in my opinion. Right. Um, you know, U.S. parents, you know, family members who have that level of influence and or responsibility, you have to make that decision. But those are just my thoughts on that area there as to not creating more fear than um, needs to be because obviously there's there's plenty of fear going around as Deborah is sharing with us. She says, my daughter is afraid and has nightmares. I'm lost on this subject. And man, Deborah, my heart hurts for your daughter. I'm not sure how old she is, but to, to have nightmares over something like that, that is... That's a tough thing. I mean, it's hard for parents to watch their children hurt. Um, and you know, if she's a, if you know, if she's a young teen, um, which it looks like she is, um, from the information you're sharing, I, you know, I don't have the right words for you on this one. But I would say, if her anxiety levels are that high, I would not be afraid to reach out and seek professional help for someone for her to talk to, but also if you're at a loss, you should not feel bad about also talking to someone to help, to maybe help you develop the skills you need to be able to help your daughter process what's going on in in the world around her and in her life and to help her feel more at ease because she's going to have to deal with this anxiety so she can live a productive life. Because um, right now, if this is keeping her from sleeping at night, you know she's not focused at school. She doesn't. She probably doesn't even want to go. So True. she is not getting the benefit out of, you know, what should be a normal everyday part of a young person's life, and that's, you know, getting your education so you can move on to the next phase in life. So I would just encourage you to, you know, ask, get some recommendations, um, check your insurance, make sure that. Um, you know that that's covered under your policy, and then uh, you know find a find a good doctor, uh, a good therapist that the both of you can um, maybe work with together if she's open to that. Kaylin. Yeah, and now, yeah, this is a good question, but you know, don't be lost on it. The the thing that that is happening with your daughter is that basically there's questions she's having and she's taking to bed, and that subconscious is a heck of a thing, especially if you have a creative child. So, one, you have a very intelligent uh, daughter, but she's also got a creative mind that doesn't shut off when she goes to bed. So 
all those thoughts that aren't being addressed on the conscious side are basically being overridden and just running her down in the subconscious side. So she's dealing with things in a way that's not healthy, like Bez was saying, and it, it does become destructive, especially when fear is the driving force behind it. The one thing we have to always remember is, is just like we know our coworkers, these students know other students, and they're probably hearing the things that these students are saying that they're not telling the adults. And, you know, like they're saying, we do need to listen. We do need to reach out. And if it's this point of, of someone dealing with nightmares and, and being the, the inability to sleep, because any competitor knows that if you don't get rest, you don't heal in a lot of ways, and it's also on the mental side as well. So fear is, is actually, has actually taken over. That's the one thing you have to come to understanding. If she's having nightmares, and there is a definite and distinct fear that's running her mind, and, and, and it's running her mind. Please hear what I just said. It's not something that she's addressing. It's something that she has unaddressed, and it needs to be taken care of. So counseling definitely needs to be in there, even if it's the, you know just starting with the school counselor. And uh, there's something that's happening probably at school that's uh, not being addressed. Uh, I'm not going to delve into that because I don't know. But I know there's something that's close to home that's causing her a distinct fear. So, you know, that's something you need to to actually open up and have her sit down and speak about. And I, I'll go into that because I know there's other questions and we might be able to touch on that again. Yes. Okay. So hopefully, Deborah, that, that gives you some food for thought for you to consider, to pray over, and uh, determine where you want to move next. Uh, the next question is kind of it's kind of the same question, but from two different, a little bit two different standpoints. So I'm going to go ahead and put it out there and combine uh, Brenda's Dan's questions. Brenda is asking, does homeschooling sound like a good option? Dan is asking, would private or charter schools be a better option? Okay, guys. So I'm going to shoot from the hip on this, and again, it is totally my opinion. Totally my opinion. Um, I mean, if your child is older and mature enough to be able to self-direct and guide themselves through um, through their studies and, you know, you have a good enough network that offers social opportunities for homeschoolers, could be a great option. Could be a great option for you. I'm not going to say that it's not, but I'm not going to say it's better, and I'm also not going to say one school is better than the other because, honestly, I don't think it's the school's that are at the crux of this issue. And I think it could happen at any school, public or private, if it's a student that is committing the crime. Now, there are definitely precautions that can be put in place, and we know that there are discussions at high, high, high levels of what those precautions could be to um, help schools be better prepared for an incident as this, but you know, I, I can't say, well, if you put your kid in a private school, they'll be safe, that, it, that a gun shooting would never happen there, because it could. Because these children that seem to be committing these crimes, if, if the information we're getting about them is correct, they have very strong issues that are driving them or, or that they're following. I can't even say it's driving them, but that have triggered this type of, reaction or or 
I don't even know what you want to call it. It's just a heinous crime. I, I, I don't understand it, but they have issues in a simple way to put it. And a kid in a private school could have the same issues. Your kid could have all the money. You could have all the money in the world, and your child can still have issues. I think it, it doesn't come down to what school you can afford to send your kid to or the district. I think it comes down to the children and do they have mental health issues? Do they have the parental guidance that they needed in the first place to, to steer them in a direction other than the ones, these kids that are committing these, I mean, maybe that's a long convoluted way to, for me to say that I think mental health and parenting are two key issues to this yeah. uh, problem, this challenge. But uh, I, I don't agree that it's the school that makes the difference. Kaylin? Yeah, that's true. Um, if Well, we've got a lot of long, long-term listeners here, so if you can remember back to a lot of our athletes that have had family or siblings that have taken their lives, you know, would, would the school have really mattered if the, you know, drug they've been prescribed had basically led them to be that individual? You know, do you take a better grade or, you know, a more popular school? Or in fact, a private school would have made a big difference when, you know, that's the least of the issue. Like like they're the saying, if we're, if, if we're trying to keep our children safe, I think tackling the, the the basically the reason behind these things is what we need to address, and not necessarily what school is going to be hit next. That that's a reactionary way of thinking, and like I said, we're we're trying to come to an understanding of a proactive solution and not a reactive response. With uh, I, I mean the the fact of the matter, and it hurts to even say this, especially when you're talking about your own country is that our children are dying, and they're dying at a place of learning. And it's not that something is wrong with the school. It's something is wrong with how we're dealing with our issues. And children are the result of parenting and social interaction and how we interact with each other and how we speak to each other. Are we going to start dealing with those solutions and find a way to make that a, a, a priority, how we interact with each other, how we speak to each other as adults. Because if children are reacting from how we react with each other, and then you see the result of how they react with each other after watching us react with each other, aren't we kind of the prime numeral in how we deal with this? If we're not addressing it as adults, then how are unlearned minds that are learning, supposed to deal with this. I mean, we, how do I say this in a way that it actually increases a solution instead of decreases the response? We have to do better as adults. We have to interact better as adults. We have to speak amongst ourselves better when the children are the ones listening to how we're responding to what we should have said to the adult that we have an issue with. We are taking things home that children are hearing that we don't want to admit to in truth in public. And that is a factor. And so moving a child to a school when you have the same way of thinking, if it's a negative way of thinking, 
only takes it to the other school that you're taking your child to. If there's a child, I mean, I, I hear so many times when you have a, a, a disruptive child that can't deal with home issues because the parents aren't being themselves at home like they are in public, and that causes a breach in a child's mind. And they suffer and they don't know how to bring it to the parent because the parent is the problem. Sometimes there's a child at school that is the problem. There's a person that's not being the person that they present to the child. And that's the problem, whether it be a friend of the family or a family member itself. There's a lot of issues that are causing children to basically snap in a way that's very unhealthy and definitely not fitting into society. And they're taking it out on people because they hurt, and it doesn't matter who has to suffer for them to release some of that hurt that they're holding in. So, you know, where you go in a school won't really matter because if you have, uh, I mean, I, I like it the way uh, Deion Sanders had said when he was talking about his uh, problems in life. And he said when he was poor, he was a poor drunk. But when he got money, he was a rich drunk. When he was, you know, messing around with all these women, he was poor. He was a poor man that, you know, messed around with women. When he got money, he was a rich man that messed around with women. No matter where you go, your troubles go with you because you are not dealing with them. You're running away from them. And if you teach that to your children, guess what? They're going to do the same thing. So the child that doesn't speak out because the parent won't speak out or the you know person has been basically branding them to never speak out because, you know, if you do, then, you know, your life's going to get worse. We, we can't keep uh, sweeping this stuff under the rug and expecting the children not to suffer. So no matter what school you're in or you put your child in, they have to deal with that same issue that they're basically being taken around not ever dealing with. We're, we're not creating fully functioning children by never dealing with our own personal issues that we're hiding away. And the children suffer because we're not doing that. And I hope I didn't get off topic with that because it's a big, big response and it's a big answer. But it's not a simple solution like, okay, I'll just move them to another school. That's not what's happening. You've had very upper city uh, schools. You've had, you know, uh, different middle-class schools. And you've had uh, some private schools that are suffering because they're not headlining because they can be uh, kept out of the media because it is a private school and they can pay to make sure that information doesn't uh, be seen as severe. Uh, if you go on uh, – Oh, I can't think of the site. I'll have to check it. I'll, I'll put it on the, the page with the with the link. But there there's plenty of things that are happening that aren't being put in the mainstream media, if you want to say, but it is still information that's put in the news if you know where to look. Um, Dad, I hope I didn't go too far off topic with that, uh, and I hope I addressed the question. All righty. Well, you know, the one, the one of the wonderful things about our listener land is that they always let us know <laughs> if, if that yes, is do. the case. So, uh, but I am going to, I am going to go a little out of order with the questions here because Marty has a really good question. And I know a lot of you are wondering this and it was, it was kind of my question at first of what does this topic have to do with contest prep? Hey, okay. you know, as we kind of said earlier in the show, if uh, if it's on your mind and it's something that 
you need to cope with in order to have balance in your household as you are trying to prep for a show has everything to do with contest prep. If you don't have kids, then no, it is not impacting you, and this show is probably not as useful to you as an athlete who is trying to prep but also maintain balance in their household. So, you know, from that perspective, if your house is not in sync, your prep is not going to be in sync, not as well as it could be. I'll put it that way. Um, And it's not always 100% in sync because I was a single parent, three kids trying to prep and and keep my little ship afloat. And, uh, you know, there were days where it felt like my boat was taken on water, without a doubt. But, you know, when everything (laughs) was sailing smoothly, the water was calm, full, full air in my sails, that prep was rock solid, I'll tell you that. But, you know, if there are other issues I have to focus on other than, what I'm eating, what my workout was like, was I getting enough rest, then, yeah, that detracts from my prep, no doubt. Kalen? Yes. Uh, I would like to uh, harken back to the, the – the, oh, Deborah, when she was talking about the nightmares in her daughter. If you think that won't affect some parts of your prep where you can't go to the gym or, you you know, you have to spend an extra restless night dealing with a child that can't sleep at all, these are things that can weigh on a prep severely. And if you're, if you're not dealing with it and you're blowing it off, then your child suffers. So, you know, it, it, we can't <clears> – I think there was an old statement, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That used to be an old mm. saying. And that's what it would become if you're more focused on prep and not your children. And if you focus on your children – then your prep has to suffer. It's just, you know, it goes hand in hand. It, you know, you're not going to be eating right because you're worried about your child. And, and you know, it, there's things that you could say that sound like a tough parent. Yeah, I'd handle it this way. But unless you're faced with that situation, you don't know how to address it because you don't know what your child is suffering. When you talk about the mental plane, you think your brain is so small until you close your eyes and you can see how big your brain really is because it goes through a lot of avenues and a lot of times, and you can find yourself daydreaming at work and not even realize you've gone there. Imagine what a child can do with an unlearned brain, without limits, without full understanding. There's a lot of things that happen in that mind, and if it's not being addressed, then guess what? That parent has to come in and address it where it all makes sense, and no parent has all the right answers. So you basically might have to fix a, a statement you made because it wasn't addressed fully. It wasn't taken in fully. It could have been explained perfectly, but the child was thinking about something that was said at school or the girl that's mad at somebody or the boy that's picking on her or bullying, and you don't know what's happening at school because a lot of times a lot of that information doesn't get home to you until it's basically become a serious problem instead of a minor problem. So what does this have to do with prep? Everything. And even if you're a, a, a person that doesn't have kids, you know somebody that does, and you might have to babysit because, you know, the parent finally needs that break or is broken down, and because they still have prep and they've already paid in advance for that, uh, that you know, that show that they're going to be doing, you want to see them succeed because you're being a good friend. So, it, you know, when you talk about the natural industry, when you talk about natural bodybuilding, you're talking about real people. This is real talk. We address real issues. 
we've dealt with suicide. We've dealt with bullying. We, we know we've had people on the, that have been dealing with this stuff for, for years. And they're, they're, the outcry, when did we do the bully uh, show? That was about two years ago with uh, the St. Louis police Yeah, officers. it's been too long. And Maybe we need to have yeah. him back. Yes, I, I think so, because he was doing an outcry back then. Because, you know, there were the random shootings. I guess the shootings that happened away from school, from gang violence, I guess that was acceptable because it wasn't in a, in a, in a public facility. So, you know, these things have been creeping up on us, and we've been basically, like, like we spoke about earlier, sweeping it under the rug because it wasn't us. We, as a nation, didn't have to deal with it because it was always somebody else's problem. Well, now it's coming to a head. And our, like I said earlier, our children are dying. So when you talk about what this has to do with competition and what this has to do with prep, the parent that has to answer these questions, like we're, we're getting questions now that are saying it's a problem and I really don't know what to say. We're getting these questions right now as this show is happening. And people are saying, all right, I'm at wit's end. And we don't, they're not saying if they're competing or not, if they're getting ready for a show. They're saying as parents, it's a dilemma. And, you know, just if we can be just an outlet to vent, I'm happy with that because these are real people. These are real issues, and this is real life. So, you know, this has a lot to do with prep. This has everything to do with life. And, you know, I hope that question wasn't asked in anger as to why we're not having, you know, some – a competitor or somebody that's promoter, you're ready to get you ready for another show. If your nephew or niece isn't there to attend because they've just been shot at the school shooting, wouldn't that matter? Doesn't that make a difference in how you'd be get, preparing yourself to do anything? Go to work, you know, you know, have, go to a movie. All these places have been, you know, hit with horrific. You know, news. We, I, mean, I don't want people to be so focused on a show that they forget real life is happening around them. Because like Des was saying, there's plenty of days you're going to have great days. You're going to go to the gym and hallelujah. Every day you're going to pack, you know, snap in the But then there's going to be days like this where somebody you know is dealing with a death. And no child is supposed to die at that age while they're trying to become educated. And if we don't reach out as a nation and hear that, then, you know, where where are we mentally? If we don't want to talk about these subjects, if we don't want to deal with these subjects, if we don't want to address these subjects, how can the children do it if we're not doing it? And, you know, for me, and this is not a political thing, this is basically just an adult. If I'm telling a child to shut up, because I don't want to address that situation myself mentally, then what am I teaching them? And I'll pass it back to Dad's office. So a lot to process there, folks. Um, <clears throat> so that's, I mean, I think he has pretty much encompassed why we're covering this on this show. But, I mean, it's a valid question. If you haven't listened to us and don't know the history of the different topics we cover and you're wondering where is the promoter or where is the athlete, they're coming they're going to be coming in the coming weeks, but tonight we're dealing with this aspect <clears throat> that our listeners have asked for. So 
there you have it. Um, but I am going to move along because, of course, we're running short on time, as we always do. But uh, Danny <laughs> wants to know, why is there so much fear surrounding the subject? And I think, Danny, Kaylin covered a lot of points. I'm going to actually be brief with my comments on this one, but I have two thoughts on your question. A, it's starting to hit closer to home. It's not just a one-time something that happened way over there. It's happening multiple times, and it's starting to happen in enough communities, varied communities, as Kaylin had pointed out, that it's it's looking more like a reality, not something that happened to somebody else. It's looking like something that could happen where my child goes to school, where my relative goes to school. I think that's part of it because, A, we, we have no good solution for it. <laughs> and and uh, I have some thoughts on that too, but we promised not to get political, so I'm not going to go there. But we can't control it. We have no good solution for it, and we don't know where it's going to come from next. I mean, because any any of these young people that has committed this this atrocity, they've they've been a wild card. And all of yeah. our kids, I know you parents out there know this. All of our kids know that kid that seems a little bit off for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And I don't say that to be derogatory towards anyone because we don't know anyone's story. And these young people are dealing with so many stressors. I mean, homeless teenagers, abuse, that's a whole nother three shows right there to talk about. Yes. But they, they all know that kid that's a little bit off. But we never believe in our hearts that they would ever come into a school that is supposed to be a safe haven and just randomly start killing people because, they don't know what else to do. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why they do it, but I'm just going to use that phrase. And I think that scares us to death because it could be the kid next door. He looked normal enough. He might have been nerdy. He might have been shy. He might have liked to wear black. He might have been goth. Who knows? You know, not to be stereotypical because there's a lot of kids out there that are goth that are harmless, almost all of them. I mean, the vast majority of our children are not out committing crimes like this but we just don't know. We have no idea where it could come from next. Exactly. And I think that creates a lot of fear when you don't know. Un- unknowing is one of the number one things that causes people to be afraid when they don't know something or they don't understand it. Yes. Well, uh, I'd, I'd add to that that in anybody that's watching a child grow, you have to realize they've invested time. And the one thing about an adult is keeping the people you know safe and protected. And that's being stripped away in a way where you are already putting your child in someone else's hands being at a school. You know, uh, you know that, like she said, there's, like Dad is saying, there's so many other factors that go into that. But when you are interacting with children, you smile because you know they have a future. And then when that comes into question, you can see where the fear comes in. There's a lot of things that we as adults know, and we know the world isn't a safe place. We know there's a lot of bad people out there. But when you have so-called safe places, homes, you know, there's a lot of anger when somebody breaks into your home because this is a safe venue, this is a safe atmosphere, and somebody violates that and causes that into question. Well, now you have 
a public school or private school or charter school, they've been all used as places of death. And so when that comes into question, yeah, there's some fear in there because, you know, there's so many variables in and in, in what has to happen for that perfect climate to happen where children are dying. And, you know, the adults as well, but it's always a shock when a child dies because, you know, they're just beginning the steps of life. They're just getting into the understanding of knowledge, and they're just coming into their own. Watching a child go, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a blessing. And then to watch it all stripped away because, you know, this happened or that happened, and then there you go. There's, there's more death, more harm in a place of learning. So that's always hard to accept, but we can't live in that fear. Yes, there's a fear of the unknown, but we cannot live in it. And that's what most parents that have been reaching out to us on this show are basically asking about. Des? Yeah, and um, and to move this along just a little bit, I agree with what Kaylin is saying. And Leslie, to answer your question, she's saying, just because the children are asking the questions doesn't mean we have to have sit-downs with our children. If it's your child that's asking that question, without a doubt, you need to talk to them. Maybe you don't need to, you know, say, okay, we're going to sit down and talk about this. But at the moment they're asking that question, you need to pause. And I'm sorry to be telling you how to parent, but I'm going to um, seriously recommend that you pause and address what your child is asking you. And it could be a very simple answer. Maybe they're just wanting reassurance. Maybe they don't need anything super deep. They just want to know what you, as their parent, their guardian, their trusted source of protection, love, affection, has to say about this topic. And they want to know that, you know, you, and you can even say, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I think about that, and here's what I think you should do. And part of that should be not to be afraid because we can't live in fear, as Kaylin said, of things that we don't know if they're ever going to happen and that we can't control. But definitely, yes, have that conversation. Don't ignore your child. If they're asking specifically, make the time for them to calm their fears and or reinforce if they have a healthy attitude about it that they've been heard and, yes, that's the right way to think about it or here, maybe you should consider this. But do answer your child. And there you go. Or as Des would say, and there, there you go. But and the one thing it. I would say is that you have to give your child that time, especially if they're asking in sincerity. We love the fact that children love to reach out. And if they're not getting the truth, then the only alternative is they're getting a lie. Because anything that's unfounded or uncertain is a lie. The truth is always well-founded and well-understood. And I would rather it come from someone they trust than someone that's basically giving them truth only to have them live a lie later on. So like that said, you have to make the time. It's your children. It's your children. And if you're not willing to give them time, then someone else is going to be a parent in the worst way because they don't know the child. They only know what they're looking for. That's Yep. So, and you know, if you believe in prayer then pray with your child, pray for safety, pray for peace, whatever it is you and your family do, but just really talk about what's going on and, you know, don't dismiss their fears. They're real to them. You can validate them and say, you know what, I understand 
what you're saying or what you might be feeling, but, you know, I really want you to not be afraid because X, Y, Z or, you know, or whatever. Or if you're feeling scared, here are safety tips for you. I mean, empower them in some way. They're looking for you to basically empower them and give them the information that they don't have so they can feel better. Um, So quickly, last question, guys, and uh, we'll try and get them all in. Um, This one is from Belinda, and she is saying, my child has great scores and tests but has begun to suffer in activities at school that deal with being around larger school groups. What would be a good way to address that? Um, and again, Belinda, I would give you the same advice that uh, I had uh, pointed to Deborah, and that if your child is suffering that level of stress, anxiety, fear that is causing their performance to be different than what it normally would, you know, I would definitely seek someone to talk to. Um, and you know, I've been down this road with my own children. And I see nothing wrong with it. In fact, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and ask for help if I feel serious of an issue because I believe my child deserves that effort. So, um, and I don't say that to say if you don't do it, you're a bad parent. No, that's not at all. I'm just saying that's how I view it. And I am all for getting whatever help that you can if it's within your power to do it for your kids. So that's my two cents on that. Kaylin? Uh, I'll, I'll make a quick one. This is basically dealing with not forming cliques, being more aware of your surroundings. Like I said, the, our, the children of this generation are having to be much more aware of adult thinking than I ever was. And, and, and that's such a shame, yeah. but it is part of reality. And just help the children understand to be more aware of what's going on around them instead of so engrossed in the, the, the social mediums, the Instagrams. You know, it's great that you can do that. But like they said, you know, there is that child that is simply basically falling off the mental cliff. And if someone isn't there to basically help them, then they're going to go all the way. And we've, we've seen the outcome much too many times not to basically become more aware and addressed of how this is coming about. This is not by accident. This is by a failing of the system. And if we don't find a solution to it, then we don't fix it. And that's, you know, that's just simple reality. That's real talk. That's- and I think that's a um, a good note to end the show on. Great questions to guys. guys great question to guys yeah. tonight. Great <laughs> questions tonight. Ladies and gents, um, it was kind of a sober, sobering topic, but I'm glad we got a chance to cover it. Um, if there's anything that we said tonight that helped any of you out there that had questions, then it was well worth the show. Um, we do have lots coming up over the next couple of weeks, guys. They won't be all this serious, so do be sure to tune in. Uh, Kaylin, last words? Well, just be safe and love your kids, and, and please speak with them as much as possible so they can learn to speak back in, in, in truth and honest. Amen to that. So on behalf of Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P4P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. What's next?